Welcome to the Marvel DNT Evolution Podcast with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And I'm Jamie Smith. Excellent. How are we doing, chaps? Jamie, how are you? Not bad. Not bad. Doing good. Had, doing good. Had a good week? Yeah. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just working week. away home. Fair trying enough. to relax the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, how are you, mate? All right. Yeah, doing great. I'm I'm here. I'm excited to talk about some Moon Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, can't <laughs> wait. And um, and Jarian, how are you, my friend? I know I know you. I know you're a bit tired. Why are you tired? Tell everybody why you're tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, my son's been begging to go see Sonic too, so I, I took him today, and uh, it was kind of a snooze fest for me. There were some good parts to it, uh, but it was mostly a snooze fest fest for me. I fell asleep. You know, he enjoyed it, so I guess that's all that counts. So. It really was a snooze fest in every, <laughs> as literal as that term can be taken. It was a snooze fest. You actually fell asleep. I don't think I've ever done that, to be honest. I don't think I've I ever have, fallen asleep. I to, what, uh, to what, Jamie? To what? Um, the, oh, what was it called? The remake of that Sylvester Stallone film, but the one with Colin Farrell. The one about the future. Uh, oh, Total Recall? Yeah, Total Recall. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger, sorry, that's not yeah. Yeah, totally right. called the remake. Fell asleep with Total so Recall. Yeah, yeah. I love Total Recall, the first movie as well. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really great cult classic. Alex, have you ever fallen asleep in the cinema? Yes. So I, for some reason, have this weird thing with the It movie. I don't know why, but every time I watch that movie, I pass. I pass out. I fall right to sleep <laughs> every time. Every time. So. Is it falling asleep or is it passing out? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just so scared. I'm passing so scared, out. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, hi, Lisa. Lisa's listening. I guess uh, Xander's there as well with you. So um, good to see you. Um, yeah, I can't say I've ever fallen asleep in the cinema. Um, I, feel I might have come close a couple of times, but I don't think I've ever fallen asleep. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm such a little kid when I go to cinema. Yay! You know, like new movie. Yay! <laughs> so I, I never really. I'm always really sort of switched on, you know. Um, I know it's got too much to eat as well. <laughs> Fall asleep with food in my mouth. <laughs> um, anyway, let's crack on. So um, before we gear, yeah, well done, what's Lisa said here. I'd pass out. She'd be, oh, there you go. Lisa, see, Lisa would pass out from the fear of it. <laughs> I enjoy I scary am. movies. I actually laugh. They entertain me. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like scary movies a lot. And if you watch those, like, paranormal activity movies, I just laugh the entire time. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not scared at all. I just find it funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's run into the darkness. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think or I Blair, said Go on, go on, Joe. I'll say Blair Witch Project, too. I was... Everyone was like all scared and thought with a thrill. I'm like, this movie is dumb. And I thought I was laughing the whole time. Like, this is so obvious. <laughs> um, hi, Roxy. You're right. Um, we're talking about scary movies at the moment for some reason. Um, I, I, my son went through, my son, went, he's still going through a phase now. He always asked me, my younger son, he said, Can we watch a scary movie, Dad? And my wife, like, is not a scary movie fan at all. My older son is not really a scary movie fan. But the younger one seems to want to watch him. So I think I said on the podcast before that we've we've gone for a few. But we started off with Scream. and Because I thought Scream's quite light, isn't it? And it is mm -hmm. funny in that respect. And it is even he, as an 11-year-old, was going, why is he going that way? Or why is she running up the stairs? Or 
how comes the killer just got taken out by a fridge? And why is she trying to squeeze through the cat flap? And why? There's like, all these strange things. He's like, his mind was picking up on all these, like, um, because I guess that that whole movie is almost like a parody of itself, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. where they pick up on all the sort of um, scary movie isms yep. that happen. Um, without Which is it. funny because they made the scary movie parodies. Like, of yep, it, exactly. You know, so the, the best <laughs> part too was that one state, that one news station at the very beginning. There's people dying. Blah blah blah. We're getting the f out of here, and there's bounce. They're gone <laughs> from the movie at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was quite yeah. funny. Where you had you had scary, um, sorry, scream, which was a serious parody of scary movies and then you had scary movie which was a comedic parody of scream which was yep. a serious parody of scary movie it was quite funny but we got into um texas chainsaw massacre that was that was on a different Ooh, that was yeah that was, brutal yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> and the whole vibe about those kind of older scary movies as well is different you know you've got these kind of um like um uh, like that buzz in the background that it's almost like it, that zzz, you know i mean i know obviously it's set in the middle of the desert so there's buzzing anyway but it was just yeah as that that vibe about it that environment well you uh, don't you don't, you don't have, have to worry you... about the the plot in those movies you can just roll on with it and yeah. and you know it's you know what you're going to see when you go to see it so like you know it's it's one of those things where it's like it's pretty cut and dry what it is and you don't need to worry about the entire story of the movie you can sit down get up sit back down and there's never going to be anything too confusing about it, is there, really? Mm-mm. Except the new one on Netflix was, was kind of hilarious, especially when he comes on the bus. Dude's carrying a chainsaw, budget from it, and they're like, you're doing anything wrong, you're canceled, bro, and they all have the cameras out, and he, de- you know, that's all I'll say about it. And it's like, how dumb can you be? I understand people want to post things on social media, record things, but come on, dude's holding a chainsaw with blood dripping from it. What do you, you know, get off the bus. <laughs> yeah, that does make me laugh. Um, Anyway, we're here to talk about Marvel stuff. So, um, should we talk about Marvel stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I really feel that Marvel should do a really good horror movie, you know, and it might be coming. You know, we're, 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 we'll talk about some stuff later, but um, you never know. Um, <clears throat> what have we got in the news this week, Joan? Well, let's talk about the big thing of the week Thor trailer. Thor Love and Thunder trailer has dropped, and we have a synopsis for the movie. So, uh, the film finds Thor, Chris Hemsworth, on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced. A quest for inner peace, but his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcher, who seeks extinction of the gods. Uh, to combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane, who to Thor's surprise, inexplic- uh, inexplicably wields his magical hammer, Mjolnir, as mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. interesting so yeah i mean obviously there's, we had a lot a lot of uh well not a lot of reveals in the trailer but i really like the trailer i thought the trailer was really cool um and uh i, I think i was talking to somebody on uh, on the group the other day and i was saying it looks like this story is going to be a bit of an amalgam like ragnarok was a bit of an amalgamation of sort of three or four stories um mm-hmm. sort of all mashed into one so like simonson um aaron uh those kind of two eras kind of being mushed together um but yeah i i really like the trailer and i'm i'm really really looking forward to this and i'm gonna read it out in a little while i'm gonna read out um uh danica's sort of views on on thor because uh, i thought she really really said it well but i mean i don't know what were your guys thoughts of the trailer so I actually thought it was really interesting, especially that shot where they show like the new Asgard sign and then they show like all the cruise ships and everything behind it. So I think this is kind of like moving towards Asgard's going to be like a kind of like a tourist destination on Earth. 
And I'm kind of, I, I don't know if this will happen or not, but I could totally see that being is like why Jane's there. Maybe she's going there looking for Thor. Maybe she's just going there like, you know, for some reason or whatever. And maybe Thor's hammer is still destroyed and laying out in the field there in Tonsberg where it was destroyed in uh, uh, Ragnarok. And maybe she touches it and it comes back together or something. I think that would be an awesome idea if they they pull that route, but. I actually have a theory about that on how she on how that happens. So since you brought it up, I'll go ahead and bring it up. So the theory I had was, um, what if Jane has you know we, we saw that Rogers has been worthy the whole time, right? Since Age of Ultron, we saw him move me all near that he's been worthy. So what if Jane's been worthy the whole time um, since the first Thor movie, where since she helped Thor, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of helped Thor go on that personal journey journey to become worthy again. We know that Odin has the incantation on the hammer. So what happens, like you said, she gets there um, looking for Thor, maybe. Um, Mjolnir tends to see she's sick and reforms and comes to her mm -hmm. in a type of way, you know, that kind of thing to protect her, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, maybe like maybe like she goes there and she like maybe collapses or almost dies, mm -hmm. you know, and it, comes, yeah. it reforms and comes to her to that. Because everything you see in the toys... In Lego, I think in the Funko Pops, um, even the, the Marvel Legends characters, it's a reformed Mjolnir. It's not, it's not like a, a new one. A new one. Universe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I reckon. I reckon that's exactly. I reckon. Um, I mean, whether they use the uh, Alex's ether um, theory or not, yep. which I think they really should, and yeah. I, I think they will because somebody said the other day about it linking the Dark World again. So, mm -hmm. hey, Monty's there as well. How are we doing? Yeah, the chat's working good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what's he said there? I wonder if they will go with the comics version a lady for and make Jane dying of cancer or illness. Uh, has that been confirmed? No, it hasn't necessarily been confirmed. Actually, Monty, I, oh, go on. I, got a, I got a point here. So, since that's brought up, there's a toy description from the Marvel Legends that addresses this. It says, suffering from cancer. Astrophysicist and Thor's ex-girlfriend Jane Foster visited New Asgard, and her life was changed forever. Mysteriously, yeah. the broken pieces of, of Mjolnir, the hammer of the Thunder God, transformed into her, or transformed her into the mighty Thor and gifted her superpowers of Thor to battle threats internal and external. Wielding Mjolnir herself, she had become a godly protector, and a new hero was born. So the Sorry, cancer where is, is there. That from? Where the Marvel is that Legends from? toys. Ah, oh, because that's literally exactly what I was just about to say, and I yeah. think that's kind of what Alex was saying. It's kind of what we've all been saying. Now, I mean, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, um, it seems too that they're doing a lot of comic throwbacks here um, in this movie. So when you see the part where he's running in the beginning of the trailer from a young boy to like a teenager to a man, which that young boy is Chris Hemsworth's son, by the way, uh, in there. Um, but you also see the shot of the big creature on the ground as well. The, uh, looks like an icy creature on the ground in the trailer. That's also from the comics, too. And I think that part from the comics is when Thor is going around investigating why these gods are dying. I think that that's from that that piece. So there's all kinds of stuff, too. Uh, it seems like they're doing a lot of throwbacks uh, from that. Um, another thing, too, is that um, Himesworth, you know, is excited about it. You know, he even went to Twitter and said, here's the first teaser for Thor Love and Thunder. All the feels of, of a classic Thor adventure, big, loud and full of heart. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and then you'll laugh so much, you'll cry some more. Love and Thunder uh, coming at you all July 8th. So he's excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, that thing with the um, that, that god that was slain is unbelievably accurate. I, when I first saw yeah. that, I, I mean, I saw it after I'd seen the trailer. 
and it did register when I saw the trailer. But when I first saw the images, the two images put side to side, I thought somebody had faked it because I couldn't quite remember it in 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 the mm-hmm. story itself. Yeah. And I was like, nah, that's somebody's just faked that. That somebody's just, you know, put a cartoon filter on the on on whatever it is. But um, yeah, there you go. Like Monty said, it's 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 the god from the comics. Um, but then you see it and. The lines, the blood coming out of the thing's nose are exactly the same mm-hmm. as they are in the comic. It's unbelievable. Even the even the sort of markings on some of the rocks that are around him are exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. scary. I mean, I didn't even realize you could do that. Hey, but, hey, comic purists will be happy. Like, you know, yeah. they finally get something that's cut and dry, like almost right out of it, you know? Milk so, is cards there, that, so it's not perfect. Yeah, <laughs> in that one moment. That yeah. One moment. They want a page number at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> did you also, did you guys also watch the um, IMAX trailer as well, where it's some wider shots? No. Mm-mm. There's in the IMAX trailer, there's a, wild, a wider shot when he's there with the Guardians, um, and for some reason, it looks like some of the people from Sakar, from from last from Ragnarok. I'm not sure if it is or not, but it, it seemed kind of familiar to those people that we saw when he landed. You know, do you fight or are you food? So. The, it looked like they might be go back to Sakar maybe early on in the movie. Uh, I'm not sure, but in that same scene, we did get some confirmation of what Guardians are in the movie as well. So Drax, mm-hmm. Nebula, Mantis, Rocket, Groot, Star Lord, and even we saw Kraglin there as well, mm-hmm. along with you know Meek and um, Korg. Korg are back as well. So and, and Kraglin's using the fin that Yondu had, yep. right? Yep, he's, yeah. a, he's the leader of um, the Ravagers now. Yeah, which which I just want to say, speaking about the Ravagers, I totally think in this trailer they have that scene where Thor goes up and he like rips off his like jacket or whatever, and he's got the vest on. He's looking kind of like Thunderstrike. I feel like they kind of took that Thunderstrike thing, kind of mixed it with the Ravagers thing, and then just kind of slid them together and was like, okay, this is kind of the style that we'll do here. Yeah, yeah, that that Thunderstrike was that that is exactly that kind of like torn top, isn't it, and that tank top type. Um, yeah, the whole feel of the, the the trailer had that kind of eighties hair metal, yep, kind of feeling about the whole thing, didn't it? So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was cool. Uh, just something I want to read. Uh, have we got any more thoughts on the Thor trailer? Anybody from the group wants to bring any thoughts on the Thor trailer? Um, I've got some thoughts here from um, Danica Casey from the group, um, and um, it was it was around the is. Um, it sh- should this be not as dark or should this be darker? Should they drop the comedic tone, etc., etc.? Um, and she said, um, we've got enough dark, serious superhero movies and the comedic, as- the comedic aspect to Thor's story is a great contrast in the universe, especially under Watiti's thumb. It focuses on soft masculinity, comedy in dark times and dealing with traumas realistically. And I thought that was a really nice way of putting it. And then she, she spoke again um with rmc actually um in the same chat i can't find where is it uh, oh yeah here we go oh no sorry with mark she spoke mark said he loved our uh, he talked about soft masculinity he's never heard of the term but he knows exactly what it means um but then she goes on to say it's one of um watiti's best direct directorial takes maori culture really encourages its men to be emotional and i think applying that to thor's character has been crucial to his growth and the evolution of who we've seen on the screen. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think really yeah. well. Argument. And I think it ties into with kind of the way you see Thor in the comics too, as well. Cause you know, he is, 
you know, you laugh, you cry, you laugh, you cry. Like Heimsworth said in that tweet, that pretty much sums up kind of how Thor is, you know, mm-hmm. and as long as it fits the story, um, I, I think, I think it's fine. And they did it well with Ragnarok with him dealing with loss mm-hmm. and everything else going on. And I'm sure they'll do it fine here. And speaking of Watiti, he, he kind of saved Heimsworth's arc in MCU mm-hmm. because from all reports, Heimsworth was kind of done after the dark world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, somebody brought up in the group uh, earlier on is that they loved how, um, Fours dealt with depression throughout this, yep. and, and it's it's been a it's it's not been disguised necessarily, but well, I guess it has. It's been disguised in the superhero world, you know, with, with superhero movies. But he's gone through a really tough, tough depressive period. You know, he's lost all his family, mm-hmm. he's lost his friends, he's lost his, his home. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's lost his tools as such. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lost everything, and you you know that moment in, um. Uh, Endgame at the beginning of Endgame after he cuts Thanos' head off and walks off, like that's that's a, he's he's at rock bottom there. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, and then obviously we see him at rock bottom. You know when he's, you know, in, in drinking beers and playing computer games all day long. He, he, he's kind of lost his purpose. It's kind of what I kind of like look at Thor and I see now. And it's funny like looking back at like the previous three movies. I feel like every like Thor villain we basically had in every movie has been a product of Odin or Boar in some capacity and not really directly related to Thor himself. Like, you know, the Dark Elves were from Boar's War 5,000 years ago, you know, like, uh, and then you take Loki, like, in the first movie, that's really kind of, like, Odin's fault. That's not really, like, Thor's fault. And then, you know, Ragnarok is literally Thor fighting his sister who's been pushed away by his father from Asgard and basically tried to wipe the slate clean of all that history so we have a really interesting shot here where gore could be in the mcu actually like somebody that's actually got a personal beef with thor like rather than somebody that thor is basically picking up the war of his father or his grandfather you know and speaking of odin too this might be the first thor movie without odin yeah you know you know must have a flashback or something um i want to address money real quick about the the comments about the the laughter and the darkness kind of thing. He says, I don't know that I agree. We have enough dark superhero stuff in the MCU, but I agree with everything else. Danica said, I remember that comment well said by her. And then he also says, Thor should remain comedic. They can mix in heavy stuff like Ragnarok. So he's spot on there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed all around. Um, um, I got a quick one last question about the trailer before we move on. Are you guys disappointed that we didn't get any kind of look at gore at all in this trailer? I almost think that you know because we, we got a zoo shot so we, we got uh, russell crowe as zeus you know briefly in, in the trailer um but uh are you guys disappointed they didn't show gore i think for some reason it's gonna be a big reveal of gore and we, probably, we might not see gore <clears throat> we might not see gore into the movie and i'd be fine with that mm-hmm. so i was thinking about this the other day you remember how we were talking about the appearance of gore Mm-hmm. I was I was I was wondering I was thinking to myself I wonder if they're still kind of like playing with how he looks in the movie like maybe they don't really like it just yet so that's why they didn't put it in the trailer and so like they've seen kind of like how people have flipped out publicly about like how he doesn't look anything like he does in the comics so maybe it's like a very similar thing to the Sonic thing where it's like hey this looks awful you know like you should fix it and yeah. you know maybe yeah. they will I, I absolutely agree with what you just said there, Alex. That's exactly what I thought. I thought they've chucked out these toys, which, you know, they can, they're, they're neither here nor there, are they really? Um, 
And yeah, that's what I reckon. They've tested the water and gone, do we need to change anything? I mean, whether they, whether that's right or not, I don't know. But it feels like that, doesn't it? I, I feel the same. But yeah. I agree with mine, though. I said they leave it for the movie. You can't show everything. And No. No, no, of course not. You don't want them to show everything either, do you? But they've got really good at that. I think they've got really good at that over the last few years. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, giving you enough in the trailer to really buy into it and then, you know, giving you something totally different when you actually go see the movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But no, I do agree uh, with Alex. Actually, it's exactly what I was going to say. Um, any more thoughts on Love and Thunder trailer? I, uh, my guide's up on it just after the, the first Doctor Strange 2 trailer and then the second trailer. It just made them look like two completely different movies. So <laughs> mm -hmm. that might happen again. We yeah. might get another trailer for Thor later on and it just flips what we think we've just seen mm. last yeah. week. You know what I mean? So the guard's up. It might, it might change. I don't, you don't know. It could, mm -hmm. it just, but this, this it seemed like very select shots. Everything was happy, happy, happy. <laughs> it's not going to be all happy. No, it can't be. No, it's not not with gore in that. I mean, that story, no. that God Butcher story is, I mean, to be honest, that whole thing is pretty hard to read. Like, not hard yeah. to read because it's not very good. It's excellent, but hard to read because it's a tragedy. Gritty, mm -hmm. yeah, gritty yeah. and a tragedy. And it's, it's, it's just emotionally tough to get through, isn't it? I mean, even when he wins, he doesn't, I mean, he does win, but he doesn't really win. And, you know, the whole thing is like, it's almost like, Oh God! Like you're tired by the time you finish it. So um, yeah, no, I agree with you, Jamie. Actually, I think we could end up with a, a, a real light and shade. Uh, yeah. yeah. Look what Monty's just said there. That Gore's backstory is incredibly, incredibly yeah. sad. And I just want to bring one more thing up. Didn't we see Thor burying Stormbreaker in that trailer? Yeah, ground, he, he put in the ground. And I, I kind of have a thought about that too. So, do we think that that this is some trailer confusion here that that actually happens at the end maybe when he's done and maybe they're trying to build asgard a, a new somewhere else because remember stormbreaker is from groot's arm mm -hmm. and then you saw that that post of him on the boat with the biofrost could they use um stormbreaker to actually have a new asgard somewhere and rebuild the brow the biofrost with stormbreaker mm -hmm. so that so that could be like an end shot in the sunset my other thought too is there like a scene of, of, of possibly Thorin be dying, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like you know that's him dying right there in that shot, you know, planting Stormbreaker, looking out from the tree over the sunset type of thing, also as well, mm -hmm. or maybe some kind of vision he has of him dying. Um, so uh, as as you guys all know, and probably people listening will know, I've gone on this sort of zombie marathon over the last couple of months and there's a moment in one of the one of the programs i'm watching where one of the characters i won't say too much in case people want to watch it but one of the characters gets his weapon you know his, his, his weapon that he's been using for a long time and, and stabs it in the ground as a symbol of him not wanting to use violence anymore and not wanting to carry on fighting and not wanting bloodshed and just saying this is done now we're done you know and the next time i pick this up it will it there'll be a real reason for me to pick it up yeah mm -hmm. so i'm wondering whether there's something similar going on before there he's kind of said you know i'm done i'm going traveling almost you know because that's mm -hmm. kind yeah. of what that that feel that you get in the movie isn't it like him and Korg go on like a a road trip and uh, he's kind of gone do you know what i'm not going to be a warrior anymore i'm stabbing this you know weapon in the ground and i'll come back to it at another time when i need to 
but at the moment, I'm done. It's kind, of, I, it's kind of like maybe they have all the nine realms back in order after all the chaos from in game mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. They're finally back mm -hmm. in order again. Thor's the king or King Valkyrie's there, and so Thor's like she has this. You know, I can just go off and, and be you know peaceful, and mm -hmm. then Gore showing up causes him back into the conflict too. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> and and you <laughs> know honestly. Oh. Go, go, go say, Mon Monty, real quick. Because are you watching Fear the Walking Dead or Walking Dead? You sound like Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's ruining it. I, I'm, watching, I'm watching all of them. I'm 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 about thirty minutes behind the last episode of uh, Fear the Walking Dead, the one that was released last Monday. Other than that, I've watched all of it. I'm I'm right up to date. I'm going to have a big zombie-shaped hole in my life in the next mm -hmm. <laughs> as of tomorrow. But um, yeah. But yes, Monty, I am watching Fear the Walking Dead. Um. Alex, you were saying something real quick before we get yeah. to the oh, next. Oh, I was just—I was just going to say like one one more quick thing about the Thor thing. I kind of get this like feeling where Thor, now that Valkyrie's in charge of Asgard, he's kind of just wandering in this movie. He's going to be a wanderer. He's trying to find his new team. Maybe you know the Avengers are pretty much mostly gone at this point. So like that kind of makes sense why he's trying to travel with the Guardians. But you know, like it it. They have that shot with him and Quill where they're standing there talking and Quill is like, he's trying to like make a connection with Quill and Quill's like, you know, like, oh, I love my team. And Thor is like, yeah, but you know, what about me too? You know, like it's, it's kind of like that vibe you get from that. So yeah, um, it seems like Thor's just lost. You know? Like the end of Endgame where they're on the ship, you know, mm -hmm. getting ready to leave Earth. Because I don't feel like he's really feels like the retribution after Endgame. Like, yeah, yeah they fix things, but I don't feel like he... He, Thor is the type of guy that he would be upset that he didn't take his shot when he had the chance. Like he didn't kill the king when the king was on the throne, type of deal. You know, like and and that was Thanos for him, and he missed his opportunity. Well, so. also too, he lost half his people before before um, the snap too, as well. So he, he still could be you know guilty, feel guilty because of that too, as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's I think he's uh, Frigga's words really um, affected him. You know, when he yeah. went back and saw Frigga and had that moment. You know, that was probably one of the most endearing parts of Endgame, to be totally honest. That mm -hmm. sort of five minutes. And, and then find out he's still worthy as well. That that part too. Yeah. Because you yeah. could tell how that kind of changed him. Yeah, I mean I think that, that, that always um that always helps just as a person, doesn't it? Knowing that you've got value. You know, mm -hmm. that 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 and that again, you're looking at sort of his his um, journey and talking about it, did he go through depression and he's come out the other side and because he's found the connection again with his mother that he lost and then he's he's worked out that he's he's got some value by being worthy you know they're they're all they're all they're all things that people who, who do suffer with um you know those kind of problems have to find to be able to come out the other side mm -hmm. so so yeah, I think that, that was that was a really touching moment. I really like that that whole part with Thor and his mother. That was that was really excellent. So my point is is that is that his mother's words are really sort of stick stuck with him. I think more so maybe than Odin's words. Do you also speaking speaking of that? Do you think that him finding out other people are worthy affects him as well? I think it would have done. I don't think it does now. a little bit less or something. You know? Yeah. I think yeah. I think maybe it would have done before. I think he's. I think he's grown. I don't think, yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know whether they'll go down the route where he doesn't know who Jane is at first and he thinks mm -hmm. that he's stolen his hammer or Wait. whether, I don't know. 
the MCU has used it one time with Vision, where they used his hammer as a way to, like, solidify Thor's, like, point on saying, like, we need him, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and and so, like, that is one instance where I think I've seen Thor be like, hey, look, I was right, like, he picked up my hammer, you know, like, and and so, like, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Vision's a good point. Um, Monty does, says he loves the Quill-Thor uh, chemistry. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, too, as well, because they have that good, that good, um, Back and forth, that good banter with each other. So, mm -hmm. yeah. The show but uh, since we're we're getting at the half, almost the halfway point yeah, here, I'm gonna start. Home, start yeah. yeah, going fast and furious with the rest of the news. So, uh, where by night? Um, it's rumored to using to be using practical uh, practical effects in the upcoming Halloween special. Basically, it's reported by some of the uh, the set uh, members that um, using full makeup uh, and costume, according to crew tweets. Uh, tweets. Um, but you know, at the end, it, it, it can still be touched up with CGI. So that's interesting to see also too, with, um, with, um, where if by night, um, it's being reported that Laura Donnelly, uh, will play Elsa Bloodstone in mm -hmm. work by night. Um, she was originally thought to be playing a uh, vampire by night slash Nina price, the, the niece who's a hybrid, uh, werewolf vampire, but it looks like now she's really playing, uh, Elsa Bloodstone. So, they're more solidifying that uh, Midnight Suns is coming because she's one of the members of that team. Um, so we're interested to see how that happens. Um, there is an official runtime for Multiverse of Madness now. Uh, two hours, six minutes, and 22 seconds. Um, so we have that. Um, Echo has started production, uh, according to uh, Alakwa Cox's Instagram. Um, and there is a rumor I saw today that, well, we all know that Charlie Cox's Daredevil has been rumored to be in it for a while. Um, but a rumor today that I saw is that we might see some defenders briefly in there as well. Hmm. Uh, so that'd be interesting. Um, Sony um, has some movie updates uh, so for, for some dates. So Madam Web is beginning filming in Boston soon. We'll hit theaters uh, July 7th, 2023. Um, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 has been moved from October 7th, 2022 to June 2nd, 2023. Uh, part two, which had no official date, but was on the slate for 2023, will now arrive March 29th, uh, 2024. Um, so some things there. Um, we ha There has been some pictures out there of also um, of uh, Craven filming. We actually see um, Aaron Taylor Johnson um, out as Craven. Uh, so there's some pretty looking interesting pics there. Um, yeah, there's good. still some... Yeah, pretty good looking. Yeah, it's yeah, good. And there's still some back and forth of who Russell Crowe was playing and what the, the movie's about. Uh, there's some articles out there posted on the page. Um, but uh, Paul Bettany um, has, uh, in an interview, says he expects a suit up as Vision again soon. Uh, he went on to say, no, the honest answer to that is, well, maybe it's not the honest answer, but it's the answer I'm going to give you. And you'll just have to cope with it. At the end of WandaVision, you see Vision fly off, and that's a loose end. And Kevin Feige is a man who doesn't really allow loose ends. So I assume at some point I'll be putting on my tights and cloak for another outing. But I don't know when that will be. My betting money is on Armor Wars. Because that mm -hmm. is a piece of tech that is out there on the loose. Um, James Gunn reveals via Twitter that Darkhawk almost made it. Um, into Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in response to a tweet about Darkhawk or about Darkhawk should be his next project. So I almost wonder if maybe we'll see Darkhawk in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 maybe? 
or a teaser of it, but he but he almost made it the team in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or made the movie. Um, we have a question uh, from Monty here uh, about the my previous news. Um, where do you think Vision flew off to? Um, I think he kind of went somewhere to kind of ponder his existence mm -hmm. and, and kind of deal with all the information that he got from the Westview Vision from uh, Wanda's uh, magic. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think. I think he's hiding somewhere. Yeah, he's got to do that kind of analysis on yeah what's what's right and wrong you know yeah um, yeah i mean he he knows who he is but he doesn't know who he is you know yeah. you know that's yeah, kind of yeah. like the issue that he has there so he's he's kind of got that wolverine problem kind of going on so yeah 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 he, he got, went to his first solitude yeah that, yeah that's right yeah exactly he's just gone to, to to find himself but find out where he sits in the world as well mm -hmm. yeah um, the last piece before I get to something that ties the Moon Knight is that Keith David wants to play MCU's Beta Ray Bill, which <laughs> Keith David has done a lot of cartoon and um, voices, oh, so hey. he could be the voice and have a stunt double be because it's going to be all CGI anyway with Beta Ray oh, Bill. Yeah. So he could be the voice and then have someone else as a stunt double do it. So uh, he's done a lot of cartoons. Um, his most memorable for me um, was They Live. You know, he was in that mm -hmm. movie. He, he was co-star to Roddy Roddy Piper in that movie. Um, but he's been in other stuff too as well. And he's he has that iconic voice. So yeah, and does. if you think about when they've they've done Beta Ray Bill in the cartoons, he kind of has that that voice too. So mm -hmm. I could see Keith David taking on and voicing that. Uh, Bill, has to, too. Bill has to have a deep, like raspy voice yep. when he talks. Like that is like a requirement. Like yeah. <laughs> it has to be that way, you know. Monty I, agrees. I, find, I think that voice has to be, although I'm not sure about the, the those features of the voice, but I feel like it has to be a really commanding voice. Present, yeah. Yeah, a real big sort of presence. Not James L. Jones, but in that same manner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like that, but that that same kind of like, like needed an iconic voice, like yeah, that same presence that you know yep. you can't just have some sort of normal voice. It needs to be this big sort of booming voice, whether there's a rasp to it or a grittiness to it. I don't know, but I do think it needs a real presence. And that's a great point too, because James Earl Jones just voiced Vader; he didn't do anything else, and that's how mm. Keith David could do the same way with Vader Ray Bill. Yeah, and Monty made a good point too here. I forgot about this that Keith David is also the first Black Panther as well. So oh, wow. there's some things there. Uh, so that's all I have wait, for non. Sorry, what a, wait, what? sorry. What? <laughs> he voiced. He voiced them. I, I remember correctly. Did he? Right. I. I have no idea. I was like, hold on. Has there been a Black Panther before? Before Mr. Boseman? I didn't realize that. Monty. Monty. Elaborate. Cartoon, I'm, I'm, cartoons. I'm, I'm thinking he's talking because I remember. Must I think be. from the cartoons. Wow. Isn't he wrong, Monty? Isn't he also the president in Rick and Morty? Yes. Anybody know? Yeah, yes, okay. he is Rick and Morty as well. So he, he's not. He's familiar with the voicing thing. So. Um, but that's all the news that I have that's non-Moon Knight related. Uh, I oh. have one piece of news. Yeah, here you go. As, as I thought, Keith was the first media version of Black Panther. It, it came off of the uh, Fantastic Four cartoon. I, I thought so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very I can't remember which one, but I remember it was, it was like one of the cartoons. Um, but Moon Knight news, uh, since we're going to talk about Moon Knight today, um, Michael Benjamin Hernandez, who's... Um, Oscar Isaac's younger brother played Stephen opposite Mark to bring both personalities to life. So when you see them both on the screen, that's actually his little brother playing, you know, acting with him. He went on to say, if Oscar was playing Mark at the time, I would play Stephen opposite of him. Then he would switch around and he would play the Stephen role and I would do the Mark role. 
It would involve me on set with him doing the scenes or an earpiece where I would give him the lines. So depending on how they were shooting it, I would uh, either be actually there in the scene or off camera. Before a scene, I'd be in Oscar's trailer and we talk about what's happening here and what's the intention, what's going on. That would help me perform in a way that makes sense to him. And we both were on the same page. For me, it was all about making it as real and authentic as possible for Oscar to play off against as opposed to him recording lines and just going off the line. It was just weird, um, mutated abomination of Mark with a fake prosthetic nose. I had never done the whole casting thing where they pour uh, the green goo over your face, and I was totally game for all that. I was totally game for like, yeah, you want to give me a wig or a fake nose? We even thought of fake chin parts and cheeks. But when we established that, if we were going to film from behind my shoulder, the nose was the prominent piece to get. And so that made it feel like it was actually Oscar there because he was a he has a beautiful schnoz. <laughs> they want to recreate that. <laughs> so there's a nice fun fact about Moon Knight. When you see them together on screen, it, it's it's That's the siblings. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and a nice segue there, Joe. Well done. From news into Moon Knight. So we're here, Moon Knight episode four. So we've got we've got twenty three minutes. We've got twenty three minutes. Let's um let's get Moon Knight news in, in twenty three minutes. Come on in, Jamie, what did you think of episode four? As you're here to talk about it, okay, you can talk about it. Go. Well, a lot went on, didn't it? Um, Seriously, <laughs> enough. I, I still honestly don't know what to make of it. I mean, we've got some some ideas there. Um, it's it's the end, the end, isn't it? Mm. So that last five ten minutes. That's the that's the important part. Uh, yeah. Agreed. What's happening? What's happening? Um, I think the the setup all the way to that bit. So you've got. You got the bit about Layla's dad in a roundabout way. Um, I don't think I'll go any further into it than that. I think well, that'll maybe be the end of it. I don't so, think they'll discuss it more. But we did get the origin story without seeing the origin story. Yeah. Because that exactly. was basically the origin story of Mark becoming a conscious avatar. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be it. I don't think they'll go back to it. Yeah, um, I don't think they need to, do they? I don't think that's a necessary point of the story no it's kind of like revisiting something that you don't really need to revisit you know yeah it's kind of like we said that there you go it's done and let's move on it it would be like i know this is going to sound completely out of line but it would be almost similar to how they've had like uncle ben die like multiple times you know what i'm saying like it would be like just going back to that again and again you know yeah yeah so i I have i have a thought here about that story happening do you think at the end of all this cause i've always thought that this is a test by Con- i've said all, all along i think this is a test by conchu mm-hmm. i think that mark is already dead and this is this whole thing is a test by conchu to make him the avatar to get all three personalities working together and we finally saw in this last episode that mark and steven are more becoming a team um from, from you know a team to, to get to they're start working together more that conchu saying i can't have all three going against each other plus me in there I need you guys to become a cohesive unit. And this is Conchu's way of testing him and breaking not breaking him, but getting them to realize they need each, they need each other and they all can work together. And we keep getting subtle hints of, of Jake. I almost thought there was one point in the episode. Um, or was it last episode? Yeah, last... Wait, I'm getting confused here. Anyways, when Mark was in the tomb uh, of Alexander the Great and he looks into his reflection, I could swear that's a mustache. And that is Jake. It looks like a mustache for sure. Yeah. Um, you could say it's 
because of the shadow and then the black paint on the gold, but you can see it. That's that's it's there. It's mm -hmm. definitely there. And and we see but, the, the sarcophagus. I was, I was I was I was speaking to a friend of mine, and I kind of agree. Do you think did make Jake have a moustache all the time? How are they going to do that? But every time he turns into Jake, he's just going to pull a moustache out of the pocket. <laughs> or is it just going to magically grow through? And then when he turns to Stephen or Mark, it just falls off again. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just magic disappears. Yeah. Summon the suit, this is moustache. <laughs> summon, summon the moustache. He could just have one of those giant fake moustaches that he just puts on every time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a, a stick with a moustache on the end. Yeah. Of the like like yeah. those glasses with the little moustache <laughs> thing. <laughs> but Monty here thinks that it's definitely Jake and that sarcophagus. So you saw them find each other in the mental hospital. Um, mm -hmm. And then you see the one room where it's shaking, and I thought that was Jake. Monty, Monty thinks it's Jake, and hopefully we see him next episode, not be like an end of the season type of thing. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a, a nod. I don't to think so. Another person. Well, you don't think we're going to see him at all? End of it. I think the very end. Yeah. Do you think you think we'll see him as actual see Jake, or do you think we'll see a third Moon Knight costume, and that'll be Jake? Mm, I think just Jake. I, I'm still not sold on there being a third costume. So, so something I've been just going back to this whole mental institute, hospital, place. Um, I, and I, I like that theory actually, Jorin, and I don't feel I've heard you say that before. I do like that. However, um, I don't know whether this is um, that Mark, Jake, Stephen, one of them, all of them have got some information that Harrow wants and Harrow's created this elaborate, not, I, I don't know whether that's real or not, but he's created this way to try and get it out of him like that. And it's almost like they've, it, he's, he's probing his mind and putting all these things in there that are references to what he has done and a story and a, a, a or not a story, but a, a mission or something that, that, that he needs to find out. And that Jake's, uh, Stephen, Mark, Jake, they've been there the whole time. And what we've seen is all parts of the story that he's been telling Harrow when they've been having their sort of therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. And, and this could very well be uh, Amit's magic. And this could be, you know, Harrow using that to manipulate this. And there's like, there's a couple of things that really stand out. Like, I think in the first or second episode, just like in the comics, they say that line about like, did Khonshu cho chose you because of your, you know, your split personalities or did he choose you because of like your mind was already broken and you were weak and he could manipulate you or is it one of those things where he broke you type of thing and then you've seen like multiple times and i think with haro especially he's basically just gone like let me help you like i'm trying to help you and and it seems like it's like almost like a double-sided meaning in that statement you know um so yeah yeah he's, like, he could he's already trying to help him yeah, he's he's almost wants to get this information out of him. To to, I mean, I don't think he is trying to help him really. I think Harrow's mm -hmm. trying to do it for his own means, but manipulate him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then Monty said about the whole Jake reveal that if they wait till episode six to drop Jake as the big end reveal, that would be lame. Which I agree. I think we need yeah. to see Jake next episode. Yeah, I think I we mean, should have seen him two episodes ago. I think we should have yeah. seen him in episode three, to be totally honest. If you've already if, seen him and just haven't realized. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah that is true, yeah. 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 It would be really interesting if they uh, just drop him in the last episode and then they're like, all right, season two's on the way. 
Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> well, but it, from last week, it doesn't sound like it because they labeled Hawkeye and um, Moon Knight as limited series for mm-hmm. an award show. So what we'll the see yeah. on that? I, I think if we once we see Moon Knight again after this, it'll be Midnight Suns. It will be other dark um, adventures, maybe Where by Night, um, that type of thing. That but would since, just be. Uh, it would just be awful to not bring Jake Walkley in in the Moon Knight show. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. till the very end. Like I think that would be a big misstep there. But it's uh, almost like there's no need to not do it either, is there? Yeah. It's, it's not like a massive surprise that oh he's got another personality. Well, you know most not most people, but like we all know that. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if you're watching Moon Knight now, you know if you're watching these kind of more obscure characters from Marvel then you probably have at least got some knowledge. And even if you didn't have any knowledge beforehand, you probably have now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it's not really a, a huge, uh, oh, wow, he's got another personality. What a, what a big shocker twist ending, you know? And as long as, 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 oh, good, Jerry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, as long as they don't come out with like 15 personalities for yeah, him, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just keep on making up personalities and stuff. Like, mm. Did he have I'll, any more than three in the source material? Yeah, uh, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Captain America, and the <laughs> yeah, and the weird. I can't remember what the it was like. A Moon Knight it was like Space Knights after yeah. the werewolves took over Earth. It's like a really brief one. He says when he comes face to face with them, he's like, "You're new. I don't know you," and he kind of deals with that personality in his head first because it's so new. Oh, I like that idea that he that they sort of so Mark and Stephen meet Jake and they're saying, Oh, you're you're new, you know, we don't know you. Who are you? And he's been like, Well, I've been here the whole time and I've been watching you two and you're not getting stuff done. That's why I'm here. And, and Mark said Mark said about the barriers. Like the barrier between him and Stephen had been torn down for some yep. reason. So maybe there's other barriers between those two and Jake Lockley. Yeah. So- and maybe they need Jake to get out of this situation that they're in now. They're stuck. Um in you know whatever nightmare that Harrow's kept keeping them in, or Amit is keeping them in, and they need Jake to to bust out of this. Then maybe that's why Jake's sarcophagus wasn't opening because it's a bit more robust, and that you know Harrow knows that if this other personality gets out, then he won't be able to control it, and they'll get out. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe that's exactly what they need. They need Jake to get out of this predicament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh... There's something somebody said, I've seen it, I've not actually checked myself, that there's a special thanks in the credits. Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's like a, a spin-off of the Percy Jackson ones, it was the Percy Jackson's The Greek yeah. Gods. The, this book, it's a spin-off of that, it's of the Egyptian gods, and it thanks that series of books. And I think someone was saying in, in one of those books, Tawaret owns like a, a mental hospital on the river, on the... Sh- on the bank of a really big body of water in like the Egyptian purgatory and what she does there is decide whether people deserve another chance or a chance to be reborn Ah, who is that sorry Jamie who who Tawaret the the hippo we saw the end gotcha goddess yeah kind of fertility rebirth and rejuvenation yeah I think it's a three that makes a bit of sense doesn't it yeah that makes a so bit of sense. Speaking of, of the mental hospital, did you guys notice the, the video I shared to the, the group where it has like all the parallels, like him falling out of the chair being tied to the chair, is him being tied to the bed. That mm-hmm. one room that the, him and uh, Lele are trapped in when they're at Arthur's compound, um, that's actually Arles' office. 
mm-hmm. and then like other things too like all like you see crawley you see the two cops um the old you know, lady all, from the elevator yeah the old lady from the elevator they're all in there even his boss she has yeah. the hippo doll with there too as well so mm-hmm. all the parallels okay. that he's seen in real life and then they're all in that mental institution so I definitely think you know it's it's like purgatory like and, and Tarowitz gonna save him. He's gonna end mm-hmm. up find, you know she's gonna decide to save him. And I almost wonder if she's working with uh, Harther, because mm. um, if you notice, because I'd have thought here about this too. So at the very beginning of the episode, you saw there's ten imprisoned gods, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. Khonshu. So do you think those ten imprisoned gods are the real Ennead? Um, You know, Khonshu was the last. Um, the ones left are the ones that took over. Um, or is it just gods they imprisoned that were trying to stop Hara? Because it seems like they're all working together, um, especially after that that trial type thing that they had when they, before they imprisoned Khonshu and brought Mark there. It seems like they all were on the same page with Haro. You saw Haro talking to was it Osiris at mm-hmm. the end? Yeah. Um, on the side, and then then you also saw them use the same purplish magic to mm-hmm. imprison Khonshu. So has. Um, Ament already infiltrated them. Are they all like some kind of cult? Are they all in on it together working for it? Maybe they all have some relics like Arthur has a cane. Maybe they all have their own relics as well. And that's how they all have, have that power. Could, mm-hmm. they have, could they have turned on the... Could the avatars have taken over and banished their own gods? Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting. Mm. And, you, and you know, like they talk about like the gods turning their back on humanity. You know, how many times in different mythologies have we seen that like one pantheon gets replaced by another pantheon? So like this could be very well the gods' children, you know, replacing their parents, like betraying their own family of gods, if you will, yep. and replacing them um, and having their own vendetta. And that could very well be the reason why they turn their back on humanity. It's the difference of parents' views versus children's views, I guess. Yep. So we've we've got just just under well about ten minutes left, but something I just want to touch on because I know that um, I know that there's been a little bit of talk about this on the group. Um, what could be the links between Love and Thunder uh, slash Gore, um, Black Panther with uh, Bast and um, and Moon Knight and the uh, the gods in there? Is there? Do you think there's any links in there anywhere? Do you think they'll use any of that? I have a theory, and this is the theory I want to share today. Um, how Moon Knight can tie to Thor. What if the closing credits of Moon Knight, we just see dead Egyptian gods or their avatars or whatever with no context? Like, what if we actually see Overvoid where the gods are actually are, and we see them just dead? We don't see Thor. We don't see anything else. We just see dead Egyptian gods. And then uh, in Thor, we, we saw we know he's out investigating why gods are dying. We see Thor at that same scene, looking, seeing, seeing the dead gods there, Egyptian gods there as well. That could be a really good tie there. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to tie Bast in from, from Black Panther. Uh, the only thing that I can say there is that maybe she's one that makes it because there's been some conversation between some of us that how they could bring the, the Black Panther like power back since the mm-hmm. herb was all destroyed by Killmonger. Is that they future av- uh, Black Panthers become avatars of of Bast? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I could see that tie in to where we're getting introduced to the avatar thing, mm-hmm. um, and that's how they can kind of skip having to explain a lot of that backstory in Black Panther if, if someone else gets the actual Black Panther powers and mantle. Yeah, well, I think. Sorry, Alex. One second. While we're talking about gods, just I'll come back to you just in a sec. Uh, Justin's on. Hello, Justin. How you doing? And he said. Um, 
Uh, I think it's neat how Marvel continues to retroactively incorporate real history into its mythological, into its mythological history uh, that they've established. It started with Eternals, and I'm so happy they're doing more of that. So yeah, and this is all that sort of tying in of Greek gods and Egyptian gods, and um, you know, for, not false gods. Um, fictional gods that you know Ramatat is a is, is kind of like a fictional god in a way isn't he i guess mm-hmm. anyway sorry alex going current back I, to you i i was just going to say i think it would be really interesting if they took bast and they just made bast like a transplant from egypt and they just basically said that like bast was a god that came there to protect the vibranium you know what i'm saying like something like the wakandans prayed to bast and then bast left egypt and came to wakanda and yeah. that's that's how I, I think that's a fair shape but they could pray to her after and as part of the beginning of Wakanda forever, you know, the whole yeah. way, so the, the burning of the of the herb and they're praying to see how they can cross that interstitial plane again, how they can get to maybe, you know, some of that stuff, how they can get the, the powers back right there. That could tie that together really nicely. And the vibranium crashing on mm-hmm. Earth could be like the conduit as to why Bass left one location and went yep. to another, you know, so. I want to make a quick point on Justin's uh, comment um, about the about the history and stuff. So there's another article I put, I put on the page as well, where actually Marvel went through and did some really deep research and made sure that everything from from the hieroglyphs you see in the show to anything to the tied to the Egyptian stuff in the show, they went and researched that to make sure that's all accurate. Hmm. What's that called? They've got there's a there's a specific department, isn't there in TV and film, what's it called? Is it like authenticity? To put, that's not what it is. But they've they've got a, a specific department. If anybody knows, let us know. But they've got a specific department in films that are, are, are there just purely to like check the fact authenticity. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out. Yeah, check how authentic and honest and true to true to um, history these things are. Like they, you know, because the writers have their own knowledge but it's not great obviously they just kind of go well look we want to do this and we're going to make this up and then another department comes in and goes well actually look this is what it actually is can we do that you know do do you want to change it to this real thing or not you know and the writers go no no no, we want it real or no we want to make it up completely but yeah they've got whole departments of teams like like jaron said that do this research and come in and make all of these not changes suggestions um to say look actually this is authentic do you want mm-hmm. to keep like this or not? You know. Yeah, the thing that in my head is that the whole that scene from Wayne's World with Alice Cooper. Well, actually, it's called Millie Wake. <laughs> 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 I don't know why this popped in my head as you're talking about that. Uh, Justin said, um, uh, "Could uh, could be the ancestral plane is just a projection that the gods are displaying to the Wakandan people, similar to how the prophets project themselves to the." Uh, oh, well, it's a Star Trek. Bajoran. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Bajoran people in Star Trek, uh, yet they're just aliens that live in a wormhole. Feige loves his Star Trek. I didn't know that. Yep. If I'm sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. That <laughs> Whatever those people were. Bajor, ba, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say it anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, you got Moss Monty said there, Jerry. Do you think Moon Knight will tie to Love and Thunder, or do we think he'll be tied to Kang? Like I think we can still see a Ramatut connection, possibly, and I say why not both? Yeah. You know, yeah. we we can still see Ramatut interacting with Kanchu or, or Amit if, if they go do some, you know, flashback type of thing, and then 
like I said, with a dead god, you know, so we, we can go both ways. And all I'm saying is Ravona Renslayer was a Moon Knight. So. Yep. Yep, that's right. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, and Lisa and Justin have both just said that I said that name correctly, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Facebook um, chat or the Facebook page? Because I'm seeing one of them, not the other. You're, you're, um, seeing, you're seeing the page. I'm seeing the group. Okay. Somewhere, okay, I don't know why the group doesn't come through sometimes in chat, so sorry about that if I didn't put your stuff on the screen this episode. Technical errors, Jerry, and it's all right. It's all right. We're, <laughs> we're all human. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Why not both? I, I think, and I really do think we should see a, a, a run with Tut. There needs to be a little Kang, more than a picture on the back of a coat. You know, half I think, a picture. Yeah, half a picture on the back of a coat. A blurry, a, a half a blurry picture on the back of a coat. We need a little bit Maybe more. Just a they, name drop would be enough. They should have kicked the Alexander the Great thing and made that Ramatut's tomb. That yeah. would have been just yeah. boom, knocked yeah. it out of the park right there. Yeah. Like, what do you think? And then there'd be no body inside. And yeah, and they, every they, yeah, they wouldn't have had to go any further though with that. They could have mm -hmm. just left and done exactly the same yep. with what they've done. Yep. yep. Just done that, and then that's it. No more mention of it, and that's enough, isn't it? That would have been enough to just you know you know that Kang's there. Or do you mm -hmm. think they could have Ramatut one of those little statues that we saw one of yeah, the ten? Maybe. Yeah, but they've got they've got now they've got to still told us that in two. Yeah. Episodes, they? I mean, they can also just make Khonshu have a beef with Ramatut from the past too, and yep. just do that in a flashback. Be like, oh yeah, there was this one king in Egypt all these years ago that really just made me upset. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think they've got to squeeze a Ramatut um, reference in there. What's the, point, What's the point of linking it to Alexander the Great? I wonder. That's what I was going to say. There must have been a reason. Very yep. specific. Um, I don't. I, he wasn't actually Egyptian, was he? No, he's Macedonian. He yeah. wanted to be Egyptian. Yeah, I think didn't he? Uh, unless, yeah. it, sure. unless it's a bait and switch, and that's really Ramatut. But I think did he marry Cleopatra? Mm. Didn't. Alexander the Great Man, Cleopatra. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, there might be, like, that little bit of a connection there, if, if that's the case. Maybe that's why they brought him in to this show. I don't know. I mean, it, he seems like an odd one to bring in. Sir <clears throat> Monty right here confirmed it. That's yeah. a, a specific uh, reference. He married Cleopatra. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Cleopatra, they do it like this. Maybe Cleopatra was is tied around a tut, and they kind of just discovered the, you know, say something like that. I don't know. Yeah, oh, Mark Anthony. Sorry, something I've noticed is that there's oh, Mark Anthony. There seems to be an awful lot of people that know their Egyptian history better than I do. Not, and, and don't get me wrong, I didn't. I know I know nothing, but there's a lot of people that know stuff, and I'm like, should I know more? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, it's should I know more than the very, very basics? And <laughs> Egypt exists. That's about as far as my Egyptian knowledge goes. And you guys all seem to know about the gods and everything. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, listen, we're uh, we're coming up to that time of the evening. Let's do what Justin <laughs> just surprised me just quickly. Justin said if Amit devours people, he could have been uh, could have been her war avatar while he was conquering Asia. Like, imagine very vicious Alexander the Great. Yeah, mm. cool. Um, listen, we're gonna wrap it up there before the hour mark. Uh, it's been a great conversation, guys. We've got a little bit carried away with four love and thunder, but I think um, it was deserved and it needed. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, uh, Lisa, Roxy, Justin, Monty, for your input. It's always very much appreciated. Um, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Take care, see you guys. Yeah.